Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. God told me to tell you this. That's paganism. Do you really expect and anticipate that the divine voice of God can be heard by you? That's horoscope reading. Standing in the office of the prophet of God. That's reading tea leaves. You can't have a relationship to God if you can't hear God. That is not biblical Christianity. You want to hear God speak to you? Read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak to you audibly, read it out loud. I promise you, 100% guaranteed, you will hear him speak. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I was being sarcastic, which is another big word you'll learn in school. What's the word on the street? This is a Wretched Radio, the word du jour. Capitulation. That's right. Be ready to witness more and more churches, denominations, Conservative movements, perhaps of a political stripe, capitulating on the issues of the day. Case in point, this won't knock you over with a feather. How's about the Mormon church? That's right. The church, not of the true Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, 17 million members. They've decided, fine, we'll support a federal law sanctifying gay marriage. But... That doesn't mean we think it's right. Well, isn't that clever? It may or may not be, but it definitely qualifies for capitulating. I get that word from Erwin Lutzer. You may recall he spent some time with us here at Wretched Radio and TV. He's written two books, We Will Not Be Silent and No Reason to Hide, to help shore up the church for what is coming. And he coined three C words. A church that calls itself Christian will either, due to the pressure that our society is exerting on us, compromise? Just, okay, I guess after 2,000 years, we don't really think that after all. They're just going to wholesale give in, and we've seen that, haven't we? The Episcopalians, liberal Lutherans, liberal Presbyterians, The Methodists are at war. The Anglican Communion is about to bust over the subject. By the way, one of the high-profile bishops in the Anglican Communion is just flat-out campaigning for it. It's just a matter of time before they compromise. But there's another category, and that is the capitulation category. Those who will try to figure out a way to maneuver through the choppy waters of our culture so that our boat doesn't capsize. And I think that's what you're seeing with the Mormon church. And whilst we will indeed examine what motivated them to do this, you and I would do well to go a step further and figure out, all right, how are we going to stand or fall when the society that promotes everything that is anti-biblical comes knocking on your door and says, knock it off. We've had enough. We don't even want you talking about it. Please note this new law that appears to be coming down the pike. It was passed by the House, and I believe there were 42 Republicans that endorsed it. Now there are 12 senators who said, yeah, let's do it. It seems they're going to try to rush this through before the miracle of the Red Party taking the House (laughs) transpires, they're going to try to smash this through. And they claim that it has protections for religious liberty. But even in the language that I read in the bill, 
It's just a matter of time. Have you pondered which sea you will be? Will you compromise? Will you capitulate? Or will you be courageous? That's the category that you and I must put ourselves in. We must be courageous at this time, not because we're revolutionaries, but because we are going to magnify the value of Jesus Christ. That phrasing, that careful phrasing, will help you to have the correct motivation. You aren't just enduring because Jesus suffered, so you're going to suffer. Oh, that is most certainly true. But every single time you read about suffering, there is always attached to it in the New Testament a benefit, a purpose for our suffering. It grows you in perseverance. It, It helps you to develop character. But it also glorifies God. It is well-pleasing to God when we suffer for righteousness' sake. It is pleasing to him. Please note the Christian, because of his position in Christ, never displeases God in that your position is in jeopardy. But you can please God with obedience, and he is well-pleased when we suffer for showing the worth of Jesus Christ. Did you catch that phrasing again? We don't suffer well because we're Christians and, well, I guess that's the plan or the winds of fate are blowing and I might get knocked down by it, but eventually God will pick me up. No, when we suffer well, when we stand up and speak lovingly, sometimes forcefully to say that's a sin, we cannot endorse that, we will not endorse that with all due respect. We do want to show that honor, but there are times when we are going to have to tell our government, because they are overstepping their bounds of authority, sorry, we can't do what the Mormon church did. But as you do, and as you potentially receive the Romans 13 sword for standing for the truth, remember that you're showing them something. Your attitude and your response, it is teaching them. It is preaching to them. What is it saying? Jesus is worth it. I'm going down because I know the one who will resurrect me on the last day and grant me everlasting life. And I am willing to die for the one who died for me. That has to be our motivation as we enter into what appears to be a season of capitulation. Here are the details. The Mormon church said in a statement that church doctrine would continue to consider same-sex relationships to be against God's commandments. I I think what they meant to say is sin. Yet, uh uh-oh, that conjunction, it said it would support rights for same-sex couples as long as they don't infringe upon religious groups. Please, please let us keep doing business. Please don't shut us down. Please don't send us to jail. We'll let you have your sinful lifestyle. Just let us be. Oh, how far we have turned in this country from Christianity, which Mormonism isn't for the record, from Christianity influencing the country to begging and pleading. Just don't, just don't hurt us. Let us say what we want behind closed doors. We won't say anything out there. In fact, will codify, Romans chapter 1, your lifestyle. It's always good 
Whenever you run into these situations when something is wonky and you feel like, uh, how can I help them get what the problem is? Well, you need to replace one sin with another. Sometimes bringing in another sin to shine the light on the sin that is currently being endorsed can be really helpful. Now listen to what the Mormon church said. We believe this approach is the way forward. As we work together, <laughs> as we work together to preserve the principles and practices of religious freedom together with the rights of LGBTQ individuals, much can be accomplished to heal relationships and foster greater understanding. Nope. This is going to be a take no prisoners sort of conflict. And that's what we've seen. Now, the Mormon church, hey, let's just play nice. We, we won't call it sin, but between us, we think it actually is. But we're going to let you go about the business of beating up small children. Let's see, we're, we're opposed to that. But if the government wants to legalize beating up small children, that would be just fine. Or make child porn. You know, as a church, we stand against child pornography, but in an effort to promote some understanding so that we can exercise our freedom of religion, we'll, we'll say it's fine. Go ahead and make your child porn. You'd go, whoa, whoa, whoa. How can a church body endorse somebody's sin? If this isn't Romans 1, I don't know what is giving hearty approval to those people who are in darkness sinning in very aggressive ways. This is Romans 1 down to the exact pinpointed detail that the government and now major, air quotes, Christian denominations are saying, we're fine with it. Well, we're not fine with it, but we're fine that you do it. What? 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 We're, we're fine. If you want to starve people, look, we're not for starving people, but if you want to starve people and make it a law, well, that's okay with us. Fill in the blank with anything you, you want. I'm sorry. Did you want to molest children? Oh, that's, that's not our bag. But let's just live together in unity. No, that is to capitulate truth and it is to be unloving. The very thing that well, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt the Mormon church is looking to do. Be nice. It is not nice to lie. It is not nice to endorse sin. Now is the time for us to be courageous, to stand for the truth, to do it rightly with the right motivation, recognizing there will be a consequence for it, but it is worth paying. Why? Because Jesus is worth it. What exactly does that look like in practice? Next on Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an 
incendiary device, a preborn clinic in Miami, vandalized, and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering free loving Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the uh, literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. I could spend the next few seconds telling you things like Wretched Radio can be heard on over 800 radio stations or that the Wretched Radio podcast has had over 5 million downloads in the last year. Instead, I'll let you share things with more eternal value. I have been transformed by your program. Wretched has changed my life. Through your video, God saved me. There is nothing more valuable than one person dead in their sin becoming alive in Christ. And we are truly humbled and grateful God uses knuckleheads like us, but we can't do it without your help. Would you consider and pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church? You can get all of the details you could ever need or desire on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about 12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing, $25 a Bible, Four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Know your church fathers. Gregory of Nazianzus was the bishop of Constantinople in the 4th century. He wrote important works on the Trinity and the person of Christ. Gregory described the relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and taught that Jesus is fully God and fully man. His arguments are still in use today. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The question is not should we, but how should we? Uh, This is Wretched Radio. Congratulations, dear Christian. God is determined. You are the right man. You are the right woman for the job. What is that job description? To be courageous, to stand firm, to promote goodness, godliness, and truth, and we are being tested. The Mormon church has failed that examination by saying, okay, fine, we're okay with the federal government on the eve of trying to pass a law before the transition takes place that codifies same-sex marriage. They have entirely capitulated. Well, we're opposed to it, but this, 
you know, we're opposed to slavery ourselves. But, you know, if our government wants to codify it in law, let's just have some unity and get along here. You'd say that doesn't make any sense. And the same thing is true when it comes to the redefining of marriage. We need to remember that people are entering into a sinful arrangement and they are lost. Are we doing them a favor by saying it's okay legally? I mean, we're not okay. I, I know this sounds duplicitous, but we're, we're going to let, let you do it. We don't agree with it. Just leave us alone. Please don't take our stuff. We don't want to live in a box in the middle of Wyoming. Although I have to confess to you, that is sounding more and more attractive to me every single day. Erwin Lutzer, he saw this coming, rightly so, and he wrote two books. I hold in my never-before-nicotine-stained fingers, No Reason to Hide. Standing for Christ in a Collapsing Culture, We Would Do Well to Learn How to Be Courageous. How do we do this? And I think the most, yeah, I'm going to stick with this. The most important thing that we can remember is why we want to be courageous. And I'm not talking about a movie by the Kendrick brothers. I'm talking about being willing to say, no, I'm sorry. Can't endorse that sin. It might take my home away from me by holding that position. Our church might get taxed and we'll go out of business, but I love you too much to lie to you. And I'm going to tell you the truth. And I think the most important thing that we can remember as we are confronted, and we all will be, as we are confronted in a test of faith, will we collapse? Will we capitulate? Will we be courageous in order to be courageous rightly? Because you can be courageous with bravado. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll show them. Those liberals are sissies anyway, and we pack heat because we're evangelicals, which I think is biblical. The point is we must be motivated by something bigger than bravado. We need to recognize what it is that we are saying as we are telling people, no, we just can't endorse or affirm that. And on the day you agree and recognize you've been living sinfully, not just in this capacity, but in every regard, Jesus Christ stands ready to save. He died for sinners, and that's why I am willing to die for him, because he's worth it. Erwin Lutzer tackles this near the end of his book, writing thusly, We have to get over the fear of being hated, and hunted. <laughs> and then he writes about toward a biblical theology of suffering. If you have not established your theology of suffering, you really should. I was, I was thinking about this. In fact, I was talking about it just yesterday. Consider the Old Testament alone. It's a book of suffering. It starts in the garden. Look at the consequences of the fall. Suddenly they're naked, ashamed, they're afraid, they're set at odds against one another. Does that sound like fun? No. What's the second story in the Bible? Genesis chapter 4, Cain and Abel. Do you think Adam and Eve were like, well, you know, some live, some die. We're good. No. They suffered. Consider Abraham. Do you think it was easy to leave his hometown and come to a foreign land that was occupied by really nasty people because God told him so. 
consider Joseph. You've got 13 chapters of suffering in the person of Joseph, and we have only looked at the book of Genesis. Look at the suffering of the Jews. Look at them wandering in the desert. Look, look at them being taken into captivity. Look at them being removed from Jerusalem and being told to sing some of those Jewish songs of yours. We find them so amusing. They weren't having a laugh riot. What I'm trying to say is God doesn't blanch at the subject of suffering. The, the Old Testament is replete with suffering. But it is when we get to the New Testament that we do turn a bit of a suffering corner when we see the reason for it, what God is doing in it. Now, you could have deduced that from the Old Testament, but it's spelled out clearly in the New Testament. When you read through your epistles, the next time you're kind of making your way through, look for words like suffering, trouble, calamity, persecuted, and then Make sure that you spend just a moment there looking at the context because you're going to see that there is always a reason for it. How, however, that's right, I said how, however, do we do that? And the answer is having a theology of suffering which says Jesus Christ is worth it. From Erwin Lutzer, he writes this, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow his steps. Scratch that. That was Peter. That wasn't a man's musings. That was inspired writ. You have been called for this. So you need to understand God has you in this place at this time because you're the man, you're the woman for the job. Second Timothy, all who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. Erwin Lutzer now writes, to suffer for Christ is our calling and our privilege. And Jesus predicted it all. Knowing that our Savior said this is going to come, it's going to happen, that suffering will be normative, that should give us some courage, shouldn't it? Erwin Lutzer, all that he asked is that the conflict would be about him. Not about our abrasive attitudes or about secondary issues that have no bearing on the gospel itself. When those who follow Christ are persecuted, Jesus takes it personally. We must remember to look beyond what persecution does in the visible realm and see what's going on in the invisible realm. What did Paul say in 2 Corinthians 11? He lists, it, and it's a laundry list, of shellackings that he's taken. And then 2 Corinthians 12, he talks about, but. That has served in the furtherance of the gospel. And he recognized and practiced what he preached, that suffering has a purpose. It's evangelistic. That's what 1 Peter 2 is about, isn't it? 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. Always be prepared to give a reason for the hope. By the way, it is in 1 Peter 2 because it's riddled throughout the book of 1 Peter. How we react to this preaches to people. You can preach the gospel when you suffer well, but. I would encourage us to make sure that we're doing it for the right reason. Suffering gives us the opportunity to show the supreme worth of Christ, writes Lutzer. And that is precisely what we are called to right now. Have you talked about this yet with your family? Have you informed your children that if they, if they do indeed respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're called to suffering. 
There are ill winds blowing, and it's not just socialism. It's the ill wind of secular humanism, and incidentally, it's blowing everywhere these days. And you can't run, and you can't hide from it, and you can't couch it. You can try to couch it, and I get that sometimes, but it's not going to be effective. You know Candace Cameron Bure from Full House? Apparently, she left the Hallmark Channel to go to a faith-based channel called Great American Family. Asked, will the stories include LGBTQ storylines? Get ready for her nasty answer. Not. I think the Great American Family will keep traditional marriage at the core. That's all. Not a denunciation, but wow, did she get slammed for it. Full House co-star Jody Sweeten, Jojo Siwa, and former One Tree Hill, whatever that is, star Hillary Burton. Quote from the One Tree Hill star, Being LGBTQ isn't a trend. That guy and his network are disgusting. You too, Candace. Actually called her Candy. There's nothing untraditional about same-sex couples. Actually, if, if it's anything, it's untraditional. Because <laughs> the tradition has been a man and a woman. Candace Cameron Bury, I want to make nice movies for Christians so that they can just watch a boy and a girl kiss at the very end when he saves his career in country music and she's able to write her book and save her father's bakery. Because that's probably what they <laughs> And what's she getting for it? Slammed. You will too. The question is, will you compromise, capitulate, or be courageous, showing the worth of Jesus Christ. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. After continuing to lose money and miss profit expectations, Walt Disney World in Orlando says it will now be raising the price of park admission to as high as $189 per day. The increased park ticket prices also comes at the same time that Disney announced layoffs, a targeted hiring freeze, and limited company travel as part of sweeping cost-cutting moves. But you know, the crazy thing is, I don't see anybody at Disney jumping to stop producing LGBT-affirming movies and woke content, which is the very reason they're losing all this money to begin with. The city of San Francisco is offering a monthly stimulus program exclusively for transgender residents. And I wish that was a joke. Unfortunately, it is not. San Francisco Mayor London Breed announced the city will begin accepting applications for the Guaranteed Income for Trans People program. You want to know how much the city of San Francisco will be giving transgender people? $1,200 per month for up to 18 months. You can't make it up, though I really do wish I was. And something else I wish I was making up, a state superior court in Georgia has overturned a law that would ban abortions after six weeks of pregnancy once a baby's heartbeat has been detected. The ruling by Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney took effect immediately across the state, legalizing abortion up to 20 weeks of pregnancy. How absolutely encouraging is that? A federal judge has ruled that the Biden administration cannot force doctors to treat patients based on their gender identity rather than their biological sex. 
The ruling also includes requiring doctors to prescribe hormones and surgeries to alter their patient's sex characteristics. The case was a class action lawsuit brought by two Texas physicians who, even though they treat transgender patients, do not believe that catering to their patients' delusions is normally in their patients' best interests and could even be detrimental to their health, which is a very wise and logical position to have. America First Legal helped to litigate the case and said, quote, this is a historic victory against both the imperial presidency and extremist gender ideology. Forcing doctors to treat boys as girls and women as men is sheer anti-science lunacy. Amen to that. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible The book of Daniel is about one man who submits to God above all else and God's faithfulness to his people in all circumstances. Daniel's prophetic visions teach us that God raises up and tears down kingdoms. All earthly kingdoms will pass away, but God will establish an everlasting kingdom. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Guess. Double dog dare you to guess. This is Wretched Radio. That was obnoxious. If I asked you to guess, what nation is now endorsing and legalizing same-sex marriage? Would you have guessed Bahutan? I think pronounced Bhutan. No, neither would I, because, well, it's not top of mind for me. And I don't even think if you gave me a pin in a globe, I could prick it and say, that's where it is. It, apparently, the Himalayan mountains are there. But I couldn't find Bhutan if you gave me a first-class ticket to wherever. I, I, I wouldn't even know how to buy a ticket to Bhutan. And yet, this little nation, which has tried to keep itself remote, is now endorsing same-sex marriage. The slope, it didn't take long for it to slip. It was December 2020. That ain't that long ago when they decided we need to scratch this law off the books that you cannot practice what they called sodomy because it's against nature. That was 2020. So it's okay. You can do that act. But what does sin always do? It always wants more. And so that isn't acceptable to that community. We don't just want your permission to be able to do whatever we want to do behind closed doors. No, we want to redefine traditional marriage so that we can partake of it also. But it doesn't stop there. Not only must you give us permission, zip, zip, zip it. That is because sin is never static. Don't know if you've seen this legislation. I don't know why this didn't make much noise in the media, but that the Senate with 12 Republicans has decided, yeah, let's legalize same-sex marriage. And I fear that those 12, well, they're making a bad decision, but they also are not aware that sin is not static. Here are the rules, supposedly, that protect Christians from a piece of legislation, by the way, mostly authored by women. You can do with that as you see fit. By the way, women were probably the deciding factor in taming the red wave. I think the number was 60, the 68% of single women voted for the D party. That was extraordinary because every other demographic, and by the way, 
the older the demographic, the more conservative, the younger, the more liberal, depending on how you break it up with age and gender. And that tells me because the younger generation is far more liberal. As conservatives die, (laughs) they're going to ascend more and more into power. But it is single women who really supported the D party at the election. They also were involved in writing this piece of legislation called the Respect for Marriage Act. Hold on. (laughs) Inverted reality, anybody. They've done it again. So listen, here's here's what we got. Um, We understand that marriage has been between a man and a woman for at least 2,000 years. We, We... We'll acknowledge that. But here's the deal. We want to entirely redefine it and open it up to a group of people that have never been allowed to participate in that set, that system and utterly redefine it. Because we respect marriage. What? No, you no, no, you don't. This is Jimmy. I really respect you, but you just need to change a lot. Okay. Yeah, you just you're you just there's a lot of stuff you got, but I respect you. You'd go, you know, I don't know that you do. This is inverted reality again. What does the legislation promise? Well, so far, the bipartisan amendment, your red party is slip sliding away from you. The bipartisan amendment ensures nonprofit religious organizations will not be required to provide services, facilities, or goods for the celebration of same-sex marriage. So bakers, photographers, they don't have to do what people want to hire them to do. You wouldn't think that would need protection, but here we are. And protects religious liberty and conscience protections available under the Constitution and federal law. What I didn't see in the legislation is a protection of exercising my religious beliefs outside of my church door by expressing a different opinion, a contrary position on the subject. I don't see that being protected. And I think we ought to be aware of that because sin is never static. You've you've seen the trajectory of this. You have to give them props. It has been a phenomenally successful revolution without weaponry. It started out with, we just want to visit loved ones who are in a hospital, which I didn't know that people were being prohibited from doing that. I thought you could be a visitor and go to the hospital. Nevertheless, that was the, that's all we want. That's all we want. But what we'd also like, now that we've got that and the line got drawn and it got redrawn and it got moved again further and further to the left. Why? Because sin is never stationary. And you can look forward to even more redefining of marriage. This, this to me, this just cracks me up. The new Respect for Marriage legislation does not authorize the federal government to recognize polygamous marriage. Good luck with that, federal government, because you said just about two seconds ago that you would never endorse. Bill Clinton signed a piece of legislation codifying one man and one woman. I think it was that 1989, 1990. Okay, here we are. And now we are passing legislation to endorse same-sex marriage. How can they stop there? They can't and they won't. 
because sin's appetite is voracious and it's never satisfied. It just wants more and more and more and more. By the way, Utah's four Mormon congressmen also voted for this law. That shouldn't be a shocker. But let's go to Bahutan, the Himalayans, where there is a sexual revolution there. And this to me is a reminder that social media, I'm not saying you need to get a light phone. Jimmy, you getting that light phone yet? Not yet, but it's, uh, I'm going to. You're going to get that bad boy, and you're going to get disconnected from the Internet, at least when you're out and about. That's right. You'll still probably have it at home and at work, but. You can't contact me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no more late night. Hey, I think something's wrong with the podcast. None of that? None of that. Okie dokie then. <laughs> because Jimmy, I suspect, recognizes uh, the Internet. It, it is a, it is, it's a worldview and it's a force. I just learned this. I guess I'd heard it before. But China only allows their kids to watch the TikTok machine 40 minutes a day and they only get to see patriotic videos. But they'll export all that bilge, let everything just flow through a funnel of filth into Western civilization. How many times have we heard these, these young people who are confused, maybe they're just lonely, they're scared, they're confused, the whole puberty thing has kind of caused them to be in a bit of a funk. They go online and then a community poaches them and we have been seeing this over and over again. These, these, these not in front of the parent people who are trying to lure their kids into vice. And it's everywhere. So the Himalayas, they try to keep so half the people don't have Internet in Bhutan. Half the people don't have it. Furthermore, they don't even want foreigners coming in. Bhutan's reputation is an inaccessible Himalayan kingdom, little influenced by the outside world. The landlocked country with a population of 750,000 measures progress and growth. This is fascinating. With a gross national happiness metric, not gross national product, gross national happiness metric, rather than the systems we use, which is connected to money and prosperity. No, happiness. While other countries scramble to attract tourist dollars, the government recently tripled its daily visitors tax to 200 bucks to limit foreign influence and protect the environment. They have been doing all of that. And yet, because of growing cell phone coverage and access to social media have allowed LGBTQ activists to mobilize, strengthen their platform, and give face to the community that combined with a Buddhist culture that respects diversity has helped to fuel a quiet revolution. Listen, it's not making a loud sound because he was pretty skinny. Well, except for the distended belly. Do you hear Buddha? Do you, do you hear him spinning in his grave? I don't know that he would have said that's natural, but because Buddha is kind of a kumse kumsa, whatever you want to believe, that's fine. They're postmodern. They are now using that to say, well, we're just being good Buddhists. This is happening in the Himalayas, courtesy of social media. Mom and Dad, I know you will be nominated, voted, and crowned the worst parent for all time if you monitor what your kids are viewing on their cell phones. You parent your kids 
I'll parent mine. But when we give these kids a device and just let them have free reign, we, we need to understand that sin is never static and it's going after your kids right through the cell phones we pay for. This is Wretched Radio. 200, that's right, 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel, they're getting saved, their parents are getting saved, the church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local church. It became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. 2022 has brought incredible growth to Wrenched and Gospel Partners Media. We've seen the launch of Transform, their new biblical counseling show. We've also launched Breaking Bread, a new interview resource featuring Todd speaking with people like Phil Johnson, Daryl Harrison, Tim Challies, Justin Peters, Steve Lawson, and more in-depth on a variety of topics facing the church today. And while we're ecstatic over these projects and others, nothing means more to us than you. Thanks so much for your ministry. Thank you. Praise God for you guys. Thank you for that. Wretched has encouraged us to share faith and, and get out there and actually do something. That's why we do what we do and we have no plans of slowing down in 2023. And we invite you to join us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. Please remember Wrench It as 2022 draws to a close and we begin a new year and new opportunity to share the amazing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word Wretched to the number 44321. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to him in scripture. One name is El Roi, the God who sees. God is ultimately aware and concerned for us. Nothing escapes his vision. For the unsaved, this is a great terror. But for those who are in Christ, this is a great comfort. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's go talk about the book we all read. 
dangerous. Take a look, it's in a book. So many books, so little time. Who knew there were so many songs about books? This is, we found them all. This is Wretched Radio. No Reason to Hide, a book by Erwin Lutzer that I think is worthy of our consideration for a bit more because getting our brains around our current civilization as Christians, how now do we live in a darkening nation? And I mean, and if we think it's dark now, we aren't nearing pitch black yet. But most likely, unless there is a great big revival, we're going to. There will be a gleaning effect. There will be those who crumble. There will be those who are not courageous. They'll capitulate like the Mormon church, or they'll compromise completely. They will just give in and celebrate and endorse and fly a rainbow flag outside of their church. Episcopalians. <laughs> And Methodists and liberal Lutherans, they've given in. Sin knocked on their door. They opened it up. It promised, well, if you just have some crumbs for us, we'll be satisfied. And so as the liberal Lutherans were going to get some crumbs from the kitchen, they entered the door. After they kicked it down, burst into the living room, took over the whole house and then said, get out. That's why sin is never static. It always demands more. And as our nation darkens and as our society becomes more and more opposed to the gospel of Christ, we just we need an adjustment. You, we just have to. I think we've all recognized a new chapter is being written. It is almost undeniable. We are entering into a new phase. It's unprecedented for American Christians. It is not unprecedented for Christians throughout the ages. Suffering is normative. Persecution should be expected. We should know that we are not going to escape what our Savior suffered, which was a lot. And so we need to adjust and we need to spend time thinking it through. And I don't know that anybody at this moment can say, well, this is exactly how we're all supposed to act exactly in this way. Exactly. There's there's some liberty here. Furthermore, I'm not sure that it's easy to get a grasp on how now we shall live in a society that just went whoop 180. No, no, we're not this anymore. We're that. And we don't like that you stand in the way. There's really only one people group that is standing in the way of the progressive revolution, if you want the globalist movement, it's the Christian church. Now, we've seen the Mormons capitulate a number of denominations, but they won't be satisfied until every single one is silenced. And you and I are called to stand and speak. And what that looks like, how we do that, it needs to be sorted, and that's why I'm grateful for this book from Erwin Lutzer. It's 203, yeah, 300 pages long, and it forced me to just nosh on it. Okay, what is this going to look like? How am I going to talk to people? What am I going to do when the government calls up and says, uh, you can't do that anymore? What are we going to do when platforms are removed from us? Oh, wait, that's already happened. <laughs> from the book. I need to emphasize this, writes Lutzer. As we approach these matters, we must always be gospel driven. 
Biblical redemption must lie at the heart of our motivation. It's easy to be fleshly, isn't it? It's easy to be agitated, downright angry, sinfully angry, just total carnality. That these people are doing this. It's like, we just haven't come up with a better system and your system has been tried and found wanting. What are you doing? You're just wrecking everything. Indeed they are, but more than that, they're dying and going to hell. And that needs to be at the heart of our motivation. Our goal is not that our lives will be less stressful or filled with more comfort, but rather that we have more freedom to point beyond ourselves to Christ, who redeemed us, even our collapsing culture, must always be seen through the lens of our gospel witness. Can't, can't leave that one off the table of considerations for how we stand in a culture that's determined to knock us down. Now, I, I really want these days to use any sort of language that could be categorized as pugnacious. Well, we're not that. We're, we're, we're not that. But to stand doesn't mean to be defiant with a weapon in your hand. To stand as a Christian is to say, Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God, and he's going to return to judge the world in righteousness, including you. He died for me to forgive my sins. Your sins can be forgiven if you acknowledge that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You repent and put your trust in him. That's what we stand for. We stand for Jesus. We don't stand for our rights. We stand for Jesus. Now, just to demonstrate the tricky nature of this, do we want to stand for our rights? And I think the answer is, yeah. We saw Paul do it, didn't he? He appealed to Caesar. Why? Because that was his right as a Roman citizen. We can do likewise, but even as we do that, what Lutzer just wrote has to be kept in view. Why am I standing for my rights? Hmm? Is it because I'm agitated? Is it because I don't want to be hassled? Is it because I know that liberty is better for people? Human flourishing happens under freedom. Or am I standing for Christ? This requires a mental mind shift, doesn't it? And this ain't easy. And we all aren't going to be on the same page together. More from Erwin Lutzer's book, No Reason to Hide. During a radio, radio interview, a host asked me, how can we stop this leftist train? I told him, I don't think we could stop it. If you're on the wrong train going the wrong direction, it doesn't help if you walk from the front to the back with the hope that you can make a difference. <laughs> I think he lifted that from Bonhoeffer. The train, writes Lutzer, has left the station, and we are passengers, along with all the others. We can't stop the train by pacing back and forth, by going from one end of it to the other, but we can share the truths of the gospel with our fellow passengers. I love when illustrations bring it down because this feels so big. We're talking about a nation of 330 million people, and I just read a statistic this morning, if this is accurate. 76 million people are taking psychotropic medication to cope. 76 million. What? What? 70, 140. What is that? Like 20% of the country? 76 million? Something like that? Give or take? Pretty close. Maybe 25%? 
they're 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 hurting and they're lost and they are a part of a huge tribe of people called the USA and we can feel like it just can't be done it can't be won your job my job is not to win the nation back to morality none of us are going to be able to nobody's going to be able to do that but that's that's okay cuz that's not what we're called to i know that's the temptation and i know that's the battle cry of a lot of conservative social media but that's just not our calling Our calling is an eternal one, a transcendent one, that others might know the joy that we've had. And, you know, that might just be instructive for us, like a blind knife that finds a squirrel in the drawer twice a day. I think I just came up with something here. If I don't desire others to experience the joy that I have, is it possible it's because my joy is a bit depleted? And maybe if. I focused more on Jesus, focused more on serving in my local church, focused on my family with all due respect to James Dobson. If I focused on those things and my cup was filled with joy, it'll overflow. Maybe, maybe, and I'll I'll do this myself. You can choose to or not. I'll take stock of how crabby I am, how agitated I am, or how I'm just trying to fight back and hold back the winds of a shifting culture, which wind, by the way, can't be held back. Do I have joy? Do I want people to know Jesus Christ? Uh Uh-oh, maybe I need to be focusing on him more. As the church, we cannot ignore the cultural battles around us, but at the same time, we must stay above the fray, writes Lutzer, preaching the gospel to both parties, For when we give an account to God, he will not ask about our political affiliation, but rather about what we did with his son, Jesus. We must say to everyone, whether they are Republican or Democrats, independents, you will find yourselves under the eternal judgment of God unless you take refuge under the protection of Christ's righteousness, for only he can save us from the wrath that is to come. We can never make America a Christian nation, no matter who we vote into office. It cannot happen top down. But that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to be a nation of Christians. And this can only take place through a faithful and courageous, not capitulating, courageous church sharing the gospel. We're on, Christian. Now is our time. What will we do with this gospel opportunity? And until tomorrow, go serve your king.